Maybe Jorge healthy for the whole season. Uh, our Tuesday Twins Talk. Uh, Seth Stoes will be joining us coming up around 20 after the hour. Got a little frog, a little tickle went from the attic to the uh, basement uh, last night. You ever get this where you feel terrific, but you get a, little, get a little tickle that goes and you start going from like a uh, Larry King to a James Jones kind of a... I uh, kind of dealt with that here a couple weeks ago now, two, three weeks ago. Mm. Takes about like a day or two to kind of flush itself out. I have a, I have something I use that uh, seems to get the seems to get the uh, get get the crud out, oh. and does it fairly fairly fast. And I don't and I don't even. It's just kind of like that that stage of uh, okay, time out. Give me a, give me a clean. You know. So I've been getting. Uh, uh, is it safe to mix cough drops? So I've got Rusty Halverson had the uh, the fisherman's. Oh, yes. yes. Remember that? that? That's like the, the kerosene version of cough drops. <laughs> the fantastic uh, version. Have you Fisherman's had the Fisherman's? Friend. Fisherman's friend. Yep. And then uh, Tasha in our newsroom has some type of gummy, look like it has to pass through legislature no to thanks. take. No, no right? thanks. And then, uh, then Don Hall's got the, the classic uh, uh, some type of herb Don from Amy. the... Uh, Don, I Don, seen I'm Don Hall here. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Don, Don Hall's Don Hall been gone like a decade now. Yeah. Oh, God bless him. I uh, love Donnie. Uh, yeah, Don's got Just the, get down uh, with the polka party. <laughs> Don's got the... Uh, <laughs> he had the, uh, I don't know, some root in, in uh, South American one. So I've been crossing those streams today. It might not be good for you. Uh, Hall's Black Cherry is my go-to. That's that the one? get the job done. Recola is not bad. I think I've got a couple of those uh, uh, standby. Recola will work for you. Flying tomorrow, so hopefully the the mile high air in Denver will uh, will well, be the airplanes good always really help out. Yeah, airplanes. Yeah, that's what Sinus I like to do. infection and bronchitis like it always makes them yeah, exactly. in the throat. I love yeah. <laughs> that. Should work out just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Going up, uh, you could get a variety of uh, ailments yeah. just uh, two hours in the airplane. <laughs> you want to be stuck in a tube for three hours oh, yeah, with uh, with people on that. So anyway, it is. Uh, we were just talking off air. That was a there. You know, are any losses good? No. But but uh, the loss for the wild last night, it, it, you know, you that's heard a, that's a tough one. Dean that's Ebison a bad loss. Talking today, it was a six uh, power plays. I see six. Uh, I don't know for the course of the three periods. I think it was in that neighborhood. Not good. Well, the dumb penalty factor has been there for a while for him, and it, it you know it even got healthy scratches for Ryan Hartman and Dumba for the last couple of weeks, and they still they get back from break and they do the same thing again last night. It's just weird. You know they. Get, they go and they get a, a just a silly delay a game penalty right after Phoenix or Arizona scores a goal. It was just re- unbelievable yeah, to me. That one hurt. I I, I saw where, uh, where the Wild took a lead in the third uh, period and, and 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 two given up and and maybe that overshadows the the news of the day, which of course is Brian Flores and, and the Vikings and, and the Vikings have a new DC as Paul Allen was going through on the uh, Paul Allen show. So at noon hits, you've got a pretty good taste of Vikings. And the first thing I thought when Brian Flores, uh, everybody's breaking him down going, oh, blitzer, 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 aggressive blitz, aggressive blitz. And, and Paul was asking a question, does it change the system? Does it, uh, does it matter what personnel he has? What will Brian Flores' impact uh, and influence be on this Minnesota Vikings team? Well, you got to get better than 31st and yards allowed. You aren't playing this upcoming weekend with that type of defense. That's safe to say. Yeah. So uh, we're all good with this, or it? it, it I I like him. I well, was I when they fired Zimmer. I he, I was he was on my top list to be the head coach. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious how much rope they're going to give him. I don't. I think we've kind of saw now that I don't know how much Ed Donatel really had control of. I think maybe O'Connell was 
maybe pulling some of those strings, and I can't see that working with Flores. I would see they, you know, they're going to be a four-three, a three-four, and who knows what yeah. the personnel is going to look like. I mean, we have no idea between right. now and when they go to training camp. Yeah, that, that's a huge question. That's you know, a, what, that's what, the question. Yeah, I think. I mean, that, that, that's that's a whatever million-dollar question. Well, I think. I think they might go back to more of a hybrid four three, and they kind of doing that already anyway. And just the way that the NFL is played right now, you know, I don't think you really have a a choice. I mean, because I don't think Zadarius Smith is back. I mean, he's only three million dollars worth of dead cap, and you save twelve yeah. million. I mean, he's he's gone. Is Hicks back? So, well, it's hard to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, successful NFL teams. We're going to see it this weekend too. Pressure Hicks, from, you save five million if you yeah, cut them too. So. Pressure, pressure from the middle defensively. If you can get that, yeah. uh, is is obviously number one important. We can pressure up the middle on that, and if you can't, then you're talking about you know pressure from the edges coming out against quarterbacks that tend to release the ball quickly. So we'll see which way it goes on that. But that is that's the news. He was up for a. Uh, a couple of head jobs, right? Wasn't he a finalist for Arizona? And- That's why I'm surprised, a little bit surprised he took that job because he, uh, I, I thought he would end up in Arizona. But Arizona's kind of dragging their feet and they're higher too. Well, and I think what, I mean, Flores is pretty, I mean, he even put a lawsuit out there. He's pretty bitter about the Rooney rule and how they need to make adjustments just so he doesn't feel like he's interviewing to make a quota more than he is actually right. to be the head coach. The guy. And that's why he... You know, he went through that uh, already and actually sued the league and made a very big deal about it. And I think in some ways he's right. I talked about this a little bit last night on my show on our sister station. I just I think there's they got to tweak this so it, this doesn't keep happening where organizations know who they want to hire, but then they have to interview so many minorities to meet the quota. Well, what's the point? I mean, why would you want to fly there if you know that you're just meeting a quota yeah, for a yeah. team? If it's out there already, if Adam Schefter is reporting that the Panthers want – you know, Frank Wright, guess what? Why am I going to waste my time going to Charlotte to just mm-hmm. get wind and nine for 24 hours? Yeah, that's a good point. They, I mean, they got to find something to modernize that because I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Because I think without the Rooney rule, we'd still be talking about the lack of minorities in the coaching sure. ranks. But now do you have to kind of tweak it? And are we, do you just have the media give the pressure of why isn't Eric Bianami getting a job? What, what's going on right. here? And how many times have we been saying that? The right. Last- but then stuff milks, you know, kind of filters out that he doesn't interview well, much yeah. like Mike Zimmer didn't get a job until he's 60 some years old because they said, for the same reason, he is a little harsh in his interviews. And it was something that the Vikings wanted because Leslie Frazier was just the opposite of that. So it's, it's interesting. The uh, the other uh, news of the day, science picked up a couple of wins last night, Brad. Two big wins. Two yeah. big wins. Uh, the, uh, well, so the ladies are in the driver's seat. Men um, now up two with a tiebreaker in hand with, what, five games to go for the uh, for the regular season title and, more importantly, home court for the regionals. So it's looking like they'll hopefully be some uh, good chance. will be a... a There'll be some home basketball at the Blickery. That's uh, good to hear. Yeah, 11 yep. straight for the uh, the women, too, for the, uh, the yep, Cats. They've had, had a nice they're, run. They're as hot as the Conver women are right now, who have Pretty won close. 10 straight and 14 of 15. They're doing it with eight six. players, too, which is very yeah, impressive. That's, that's impressive as all get up. High school scene last night. Uh, several of the Thompson boys got beat last night. Mayport ZG. And not, I shouldn't act shocked by that, but, yeah. I mean, that, you know, Thompson. Yeah, is and, you know, Mayport just came off. They had a nice win at Kindred, beat them by double figures on Friday, too. So, yeah, they've kind of. In that region with Grafton and North Border and Thompson, they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And then uh, couldn't help but notice uh, Duke and you know Duke and North Carolina was a big, uh, obviously the big uh, big game this in the past couple of days. And then Duke last night 
Uh, goes out and lays the proverbial egg. Yeah, uh, to a ranked team. But, but Miami is good. I've watched them a, a couple times this yeah. year. That's you know when you think of the Miami Hurricanes, you don't think of basketball that much. But boy, they got some athletes. Holy cow! I mean, they can play playing above the rim sometimes. My heavens! We were uh, in a big discussion yesterday about tickets and all that. Do we need Duke to be good? The NCAA. Do we need North Carolina? It doesn't and Duke hurt. To be I mean, I think Duke's going to be different without Coach K there. It's just it's kind of like. I, I just think it's a different animal. He was the face of that program for 40 years. So. It's nice to have him there, but I don't know, yeah, I guess if the Duke mystique is still a thing, it probably is. I guess it's kind of gives somebody maybe to root <laughs> well, for. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if there's polarizing now without Coach K. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's just it, right? I mean, how much do we need the polarizing team to be in the mix? I mean, the NFL is just doing fine, and I'm not trying to make a dig here, but with the Dallas Cowboys are <laughs> – are polarizing, but they haven't been a, a postseason factor strongly for right. a long time. We, we've been getting used to them not being involved in championship games and or Super Bowls. Right. I mean, they get the playoffs, and then they're kind of an early out, much like the Vikings have been. You know, I mean, so they're not really a threat threat, but they're still a team that everyone – and football's probably a little bit different because they're relevant. I mean, Notre Dame is good, but I, are, they're not as polarizing as they used to be either. Uh, I don't maybe think. not. But don't you guys not think? Really. You look at the Atlantic Coast Conference, mm-hmm. and when you look back over the years in the ACC, and and it's you know it's either one or the other, or both at the top, and you're just expecting Duke and or North Carolina right. at the top. But now you look at the ACC, and Clemson leads it in ten and three. Pitt Panthers are nine and three. Uh, Virginia ranked eighth, nine and three mm-hmm. in the you know Miami nineteenth, as you said, Derek. Ten and four on the year. The Wolfpack are ranked twenty second, nine and four. Then you come to Duke and North Carolina. Yeah. Well, and you know those things do ebb and flow a little bit for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. And you know, I, I did. I just think the regular season of college basketball because everyone has a postseason tournament. I mean, it wasn't that long ago the Big Ten did not have a postseason tournament. I mean, that is twenty years ago or so. And I think the game was a little bit better because of it. To be honest with you, I think because you look forward to those regular season matchups that meant something for the conference championship in the regular season. And now that everyone has a conference champ tournament, it's just kind of, I mean, Texas and Kansas was a great game, right? But, but when we get uh, to fill out our NCAA brackets, how many outside of Purdue are you taking from the big tent in the, in your, you know, 16 or eight, for goodness sakes. I mean, you're probably going to be probably not many, many more big 12 teams than you will see big, Mm-hmm. That's if the Gophers yeah. ever play again. They've got such a oh, they've got a COVID right. outbreak. Uh, yeah, yes, they're not playing tonight. They got moved to I believe Monday now with COVID, and um, hope uh, I, I'd imagine Ben Johnson has a little bit of a leash here, but uh, sure, you know, hopefully, boy, it's bad though. It, it is. They're just, you know, I don't know if how oh, the mighty have it, fallen. If he's kind of in over his head a little bit or not, um, you know, if he can get some in-state guys, but that's been a problem that that. Surpasses him. That goes All back right. to Patino and, and yeah, it goes back to a handful of coaches. From the uh, local angle, North Dakota State uh, football coach Matt Entz announcing the hiring of wide receivers uh, coach Steve Crutchley. I'm just with Steve, a fantastic uh, coach. He uh, replaces uh, Noah Pauley. He resigned to accept a position at Iowa State in the Big 12 Conference. So uh, Crutchley was recently the running backs coach at the University of North Dakota in a 22 and uh yeah did a pretty good job with uh, uh having out in the, in the special teams and then you know the work with the uh, Tyler Hoosman and company for North Dakota I think uh it'll be a nice easy little little switch over to that but an odd you know going from UND to NDSU yeah it doesn't happen uh, you know, very often doesn't happen too much but uh, you know and he's been around he's been around the block uh you know my goodness he was at he was a, he was the RB coach at SIU 
you know, when when Bubba and those guys sure. or Randy Hedberg, uh, 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 I mean, it, it, at Western Illinois, I mean, he's got he's got time around the conference, so it's a good hire uh, for Matt Answer, a good shift, I guess, for for Coach Crutchley. Just hate to hate to see him leave, but he's still going to be around the uh, the league. Yeah, yeah, well, and I think you know, it's I'm guessing Randy probably get good rapport. That's how that happens, <laughs> right. right? So it's just. That's how it works sometimes. So and the uh, the uh, the other thing I had today, ticket prices. Well, we've been hit on tickets this week. Ticket prices predictably high for the Lakers' next two home games. Yes, I imagine. <laughs> LeBron James is thirty six away from passing Kareem, and uh, the Lakers got Oklahoma City tonight. And if he doesn't hit it, he'll do it Thursday, perhaps when the Lakers host Milwaukee. Some of the tickets for the games. It would list as much as $100,000 a piece. And we obviously beat that a little topic yesterday, but a hundred grand. The tickets are going for some of them to see wow. LeBron break Kareem. I saw highlights of the Greek Freak last night. There's no way someone that should be that coordinated and athletic at seven feet tall. My heavens. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I know we've seen it for the past couple of years, but my Lord, he's uh, he's special. But it is really uh, – you think about it, we probably don't talk about Kareem as much as we should as far as one of the goats. You know what I mean? Right. And he deserves and I think maybe some guys who play too so long, especially at the center position, we just kind of take for granted. And he would be the greatest one of all, I think, when it comes to that, right? Because yeah. he was able to be there with the showtime Lakers and do what he was able to do. But uh, so this is pretty rarefied air. And you know, you just wonder if that'll ever be replaced. It's some you know, because LeBron James is just a genetic freak, and we don't. I think we, we just take haven't for that seen grand, anything like that. No, that. where he's that big and athletic and coordinated and can shoot like that. And I think in a weird way, we're so used to him now that we kind of take him for granted. And I don't like to get him compared to Jordan. I think that comparison is just ridiculous. I, I don't think they're so different, but yeah, I think this is going to solidify him as yeah. This is why you make that argument, even though I still think. Jordan for the time that he had was something like we'll never see again. I mean, LeBron James has thirty eight thousand three hundred fifty two career points. Yeah, he has That's a lot ten thousand five hundred seventy six rebounds. He has ten thousand three hundred fifty one assists. He has two thousand one hundred seventy six steals. He has one thousand sixty five blocks. I mean, this guy stats tougher. And when you look at the the points, so Jabbar number one. James, too, and it's Carl Malone, yep. Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. Following that is Dirk Nowitzki, Will Chamberlain, Shaq at 8, Carmelo Anthony at 9, Moses Malone at 10. Then it's Elvin Hayes at 11, Akeem Olajuwon at 12, Oscar Robertson at, at 13, and Kevin Durant at 14. My point on all this is that when LeBron James breaks Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when is James' record going to be broken? I don't know. That's a tough one. That's what, a, what year? What what decade? What span will his record? How be long can Curry shoot like this? <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's I mean, what you look at. I mean, I, I think that's what I have to look at. And we're starting to see Steph a little injury here, a little bit there. Right. Curry's at twenty-one, one eight three. Yeah, that's he's got a lot of got a long ways to go too. Yeah, so he's he's sixteen, what seventeen away, thousand talking about now, right? Yeah, thirty four. <laughs> well, he's almost thirty five. He'll be thirty five in about a month. Yeah, March 14th. man, that's a lot. And like you said, he's not playing all the time and, either. Yeah, I say how much how much tread is left on that tire? I mean, that's I mean five years. LeBron's setting a mark that that we may not see in our uh, maybe in our generation. 
Just uh, throwing that. That's why tickets are $100,000 a shot uh, to watch LeBron do that uh, coming up. Uh, Clay Thompson could reach it tomorrow if he keeps it in 12 threes a game. (laughs) How about that? Keep that pace up. Claymaker was on fire last night. I don't know if Marge was watching it, but that's her guy. You know, that's her guy, Clay Thompson. Uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back. Sestos, it's our Tuesday little twins talk on, on the Jack Michael show. It'll lend itself. Eventually, we'll have Dick Bramer, right, uh, Derek? Yeah, uh, on Tuesdays, the, talking uh, twins. February, yeah. Corey on Fridays, so we, we do that. Sestos coming up next. It's a Tuesday edition. Jack Michael show at 740 The Fan. I was thinking this last night, but Tuesdays on the show, we usually do a little Twins talk on Tuesdays, and I, I texted Seth last night. I said, Seth, we got to step in and do a little Twins talk. Seth Stowe's joining us today. I uh, hope we didn't uh, you know, pull Seth away from an important business meeting or some type of large blog he was doing. Hi, Seth. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. You know, yeah, big, uh, big lunch hour, so we're good. We can talk <laughs> as long as we want. What's up for lunch today? Is it uh, something healthy? Uh, probably not. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I had that. a little bit ago. So. <laughs> you see behind you, Brad, I bought like 18 little mini cupcakes, and then today at the office, oh. somebody dropped off two dozen of heart-shaped glazed donuts. I bought, uh, about once a week, I will go to a certain store and buy a, usually a chocolate chip muffin, and oh. then I realized it was donut oh. day, and the muffin is still in my bag. I'll probably be eating it tomorrow. So. Oh, man, alive. <laughs> so it'll just be an added treat. Case, this is good. Yep. Seth, I know how we are antsy to get going with the season. I can imagine that you are are antsy to get baseball rocking and rolling pitchers and catchers reporting soon man you know i i really am and and it's maybe for a little different reason because you know on social media obviously being active on twitter um in the off season it's, it's fun initially you start planning on who they're going to sign who they're going to you know what the roster is going to look like and by this time you're so sick of the questions and the complaining that it's like, let's just get some ball games to talk about. Let's get some of those fun pictures from Fort Myers of guys uh, stretching, which right. I mean, normally who wants to see that, but you know, the green grass, the ballpark playing catch, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's so fun to get back into every year. Well, the caravans were making their way around the upper Midwest as the twins winter caravans uh, do and the yeah, twins fest and things like that, Seth. And, we were lucky to have Nick uh, uh, Gordon and then uh, Jose Miranda uh, in town in the uh, Fargo-Moorhead area, and that was a blast. And those guys, uh, and, and, and Tommy Watkins, too, uh, was on that leg. But uh, as, as you know, just hearing Jose uh, chat and, and, and Gordon chat, it's, it's, uh, you, got a little, you left there optimistic, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, Seth. Yeah, I texted uh, Tommy when they were on the bus on the way to, to uh <laughs> Fargo and just said, how about just stopping by Warroad on the way after this? And they're like, well, they told me it would be three more hours. I'm like, well, probably four and one way. But, um, I mean, you got a great group. Jose Miranda is so, he's such a good guy. And so is Nick Gordon. I've enjoyed talking to those guys in the past, but they're young guys. Nick Gordon finally got his opportunity last year and, and really did well and uh, probably earned himself uh, not only a roster spot for this year, but, you know, he's, his name is out there now. People have seen what he can do, so he probably enlarged, enlarged his career by a half a decade or more just by what he did last year. Um, but there is reason for excitement. The Correa signing and really a lot of things have happened since then. Yeah, there has been. Let, let's start a little bit with uh, with pitching, and we'll we'll, we'll... – We'll lock into this a little bit more as we move closer in spring training and, and talking with you and Dick Bramer and Corey Provis 
Uh, but but the Twins acquiring Pablo Lopez and well, let's start with starting pitching. And I know it's nothing to to to, to dance naked down the streets of Warroad about right now, Seth. And really, would we really want to do that at this juncture? It's February, for goodness sakes. But let's start with starting pitching. And <laughs> well, that yeah, is technically like thirty plus today. <laughs> Uh, yeah. on a on a comfort level, on a scale of one to ten, starting pitching, uh, for you, Seth, uh, how comfortable are you? Oh, I mean, very comfortable. Yep. Um, very comfortable. In fact, I think they've got uh, at least six pitchers right now who I think that if healthy, which is always a big if, and we certainly haven't seen a lot of that with Twins pitchers, they've got at least six guys that I think you can say are a legit number three starter. And probably three, if not four of them, that you could say, you know, they can be a two for an extended period of time. We saw that with Kenta Maeda. Sonny Gray's done that throughout his career. If healthy, Tyler Malley's really good. Uh, Joe Ryan's exciting. Pablo Lopez has, has been really good in a uh, much more difficult division. Um, you know, I think Bailey Ober's the guy that kind of gets hurt here because I really think that when healthy, he's done a great job. So you've got those six guys. Plus, then you get the depth of Varland and Simeon Woods Richardson and, and uh, boy, I, Josh Winder, Cole Sands, Ronnie Enriquez. I mean, there's so many guys that are at that AAA level or close that uh, I just feel really good about their depth, too. Yeah, I like the way you looked at that, too. And I think Derek Falvey is is using the word comfortable here, comfortable with, with, with the arms that will go to to get key outs and uh, not not to tongue-in-cheek Rocco in the sixth and seventh innings that lead to the eighth and then to probably Duran in the ninth inning, I'd imagine, Seth. But I think Derek Falvey and company feel somewhat confident in the arms they got coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, and they should. And then, like you said, I mean, um, if these guys are healthy and now we're another year away from the, the last minor league season that obviously had a, a big effect and a shortened season that had a big effect on how pitchers are used, you're going to see starters going, you know, at least five, if not six, and even seven when necessary. And now you're getting to uh, Joan Duran, who obviously became a star last year. Caleb Thielbar has been very consistent for a couple of years. Griffin Jacks took a big step forward last year in his first year out of the bullpen. Maybe it's even better in year two now that he's got a year under his belt. And Jorge Lopez didn't do well with the Twins so much the last month or so of the year. But, I mean, he's got the kind of stuff that last year made him an all-star. So it's those guys, plus hopefully a return from Jorge Alcala and uh, Giovanni Moran getting hopefully a, a full-year run because he's got big strikeout rates. So I really think they've got some guys. Now, could they get better? Sure. Um, you know, Trevor McGill's a question mark. Obviously, Emilio Pagan, nobody necessarily understands how he's still on the roster. <laughs> uh, but things can still happen. Yeah, Brad, you're uh, nodding at some of that too. I think Derek, right? I yeah, I hope Elkala could come back. I think he showed some. Uh, he's yeah. shown some moments. Um, I want to go back, Seth. The signing, the kind of the first signing of the free agents, uh, free agent period, that's kind of gotten buried now. And I th- really, I think is going to be unheralded. Christian Vasquez, where is that combo yeah. with he and Jeffers going to be behind the plate in your uh, in your mind? Well, I really like it. Um, you know, I always envisioned a Mitch Garver, Ryan Jeffers combination where they both played almost literally every other day they're both right-handed um you know just literally play them every other day keep your catchers fresh things like that Uh, and i'd like to see something like that i I anticipate vasquez will probably start 95 or 100 with with jeffers getting the rest 
The problem is with catchers in general is injury concerns, but I really think both of them are very good behind the plate. Both are very good communicators with their pitchers and their pitching staffs um, and coaches and all of that uh, and really do lead the infield. And, uh, you know, I think both will hit. Now, we haven't seen Jeffers really do what we think we can, that he can do, but, uh, I mean, I think that's coming, and Vasquez has been a solid contributor. So, you know, if they can keep both of them healthy, I mean, they have some, you know, decent depth at AAA with some minor league veterans that they've signed, but, you know, nothing exciting. So you're really hoping those two can stay healthy. Twins talk on a Tuesday with Sestos. I was going to ask you, where will the runs come from? But let me throw it out this way. How will the runs come for the Minnesota Twins this season? We know a few years ago uh, they came from Long Ball Central. I mean, it was it was just how will the runs come in 23 for Minnesota? Well, and again, I think that's going to be so dependent on keeping people healthy. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be a lot of power again simply because you know, even last year, how many guys really put together a quality at bat, really focused on on-base percentage beyond Luis Arise and, and uh, you know, Carlos Correa does as well. He has good at bats. Jorge Polanco had his highest walk rate of his career. But, you know, you're going you're gonna to focus on the power again, and that's a lot of doubles, a lot of home runs from guys that you hope are healthy, and, and that hopefully includes a healthy Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick and, and uh, Jorge Polanco, who missed a lot of time last year, and and uh, you know Joey Gallo coming back from a year that he really struggled. If he would have been a free agent one year sooner, he would have made a hundred million dollars. Twins got him for ten, so you know it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of power. I think you're hoping Miranda uh, takes a step forward. You're hoping Kirilov and those guys do as well. But you also need Buxton. You need Correa. You need those veterans. Um, you know, left field may be a question. I think adding Michael A. Taylor for depth is a is a positive, especially so Bucks can, can go DH from time to time. And um, but I I think there's concerns. I think there's issues. But I think if healthy, you've got enough talent that you're uh, you're going to be all right. I wonder what's fair to expect out of Joey Gallo. I wonder what's fair to expect out of Joey Gallo this year. Yeah, it's a tough question. Like I said. You know, I mean, he had 38 home runs in 2021. He He's a gold glover in the outfield. He can play center. He's very good in the corners. He'll probably play a little first base. But he hit 160 last year, yeah. and that that's hard to accomplish. I mean, <laughs> and to continue playing. So, <laughs> right. um, you know, the thing is, is he's going to play. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to strike out a lot. And, uh, you know, he's probably not going to bat in the top three or four in the lineup, but he'll bat fifth or sixth or something. And, and if he can hit 35, 40 home runs, well, you know, he'll take that. A few minutes remaining with Sestel's little twins talk on a Tuesday. I was uh, I was uh, doing a little research here and, and all the, the new rules and changes going into effect that will be uh, presented in spring training. And then we'll see it in the uh, 23 season. And Seth, I was looking at the results of the experiments of, of the, you know, the pitch clock and all that. And in 22, in 2022, nine-inning minor league games using the pitch timer were on average 25 minutes shorter uh, then yeah. 2021 games, uh, stolen base activity increased from 2.23 attempts per game to 2.81. A success rate improved from 68 to 
the defensive shift limits contributed to an increase in batting average across the minor leagues from 247 to 249. Okay, uh, not a major change. So as you as you look into these deep dives of, of pitch timers, uh, the amount of times you can step off and or throw to a base, you know, and then subsequent things that fall out from there, whether it's it's considered, you know, a, a balk or a base advancement, the larger bases, the, the removal of the shift. Uh, Derek, if you're the best defensive player, and you're the shortstop, and you can't just run over and play <laughs> play second base, you know, and, and do that. So all of that bundled in, uh, how does it affect a potential Twins lineup? In, in, in you know, we, we know that the games might be a little bit shorter. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, move it along. But how will the other ones, I think, I uh, wonder, affect the Twins? It's a tough one because I did a, a article uh, a couple months ago pointing out that I mean, the Twins had not only the least stolen bases last year, but the, le- the least stolen base attempts in ma- in Major League Baseball by, and I don't remember what I found, 30 or something like that. Just, I mean, they just never ran. Now, that will that change with the with the bases? I mean, I don't know how much that'll change because it's still based on personnel, and they don't exactly have a lot of guys that are that are base dealers. Although Michael A. Taylor could be now, and and Nick Gordon could be. I don't think Buxton will run. Um, so I'd like to see that. It's a much more exciting game. And uh, I, I think that will be interesting because it also does uh, account for the catchers and their ability to throw and pitchers, which the Twins pitchers have not been good at holding on runners in recent years. So are, are we there's cons- definitely something. Yeah, and are we concerned that the tweaking of these as we move baseball along, that it's, it's it, it, this isn't going to be it, I'd imagine, with technology and safety issues in play, and various things. Are we walking down, Seth, in your estimation, uh, a little bit of a, if not a slick slope, at least a a somewhat slippery slope uh, as we start toying with some of the rules in baseball? It it could be uh, for some fans, but at the same time, you know, you think about the youth of America and they're watching basketball, they're watching football. Uh, Some are even watching soccer, which is inexplicable, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry to all the soccer yeah. listeners. Yeah, there's only a billion there, people but... out there that play. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm with you. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're changing the rules. At the same time, the game is still the game. The the size of the bases, the distance between, you know, home and first or, or third are the same. There's a little shorter distance between first and second, second and third. Um you know, things like that. Uh, you know, you hate the idea of a pitch count, but I'll be honest, when Louis Varland or Simeon Woods Richardson came up or the guys came up from AAA and they worked fast, it was so much more fun to watch. It was easier to stay engaged as a fan and watching that. So there might be some things that actually make it a much more interesting game. Uh, the other side of that is you'd still like to see more balls put in play, which I think is part of the goal. Um, and, and make things happen on the bases, and hopefully that can happen through the banning of the shift, which, again, the shift has been around forever. I, and, and my general thought, and I'm, I think you guys all probably agree, is maybe a little more old school, but right. hit it where they ain't. Don't don't hit it into the shift. You know, make an adjustment. <laughs> Derek, I mean, that's where you fall on Gallo. this, Derek, hasn't it? Oh. The, the dumbest rule I've ever seen in my life. You can't, if you can't hit out of a shift... You're not, you don't belong in the major leagues. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry, it, Max Kepler. Here's where well, I this, is, this is a texture. This is a good lead-in. What about a bounce-back year for Kepler? Ask Seth about that. Ah, bounce-back for Keps. I mean, I think there's there's hope in that. I'm also curious right now. They have 
Um, you know, probably an opening day would have Gallo in left, Buxton in center, Kepler in right, with Michael A. Taylor playing a lot, Nick Gordon probably playing a lot, maybe Trevor Larnick DHing. I don't know that he's going to get a lot of consistent at bats, but uh, knowing how Rocco works, he may he may kind of platoon Kepler uh, and only play him against right-handed pitching. That combined with the fact that you know a lot of those weak ground balls to second base where the second baseman is playing and short right field, a few of those are going to become hits. So the combination of using him only against right-handers plus the uh, the removal of the shifts, you might see some numbers that look better. Uh, but in, in a large way, that's because of Rocco and Felvey and whoever else using the analytics to hopefully put him in a better position. Uh, and I still wonder if he'll get traded. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious, too, uh, on that. You know, one thing I never got tired during the Red Hawk season is uh, John Silviano just hit one past the face of people trying to shift him. And it, it's like you got all the, yeah. you, got, you got five guys over on this right side, and he still finds a way to just tear a cheek off somebody with a line drive on, on shifts. Here's my issue. And it, maybe it is the old school in me. And, and I'll, I'll label this cat and mouse. Is that watching the stolen base, watching uh, someone earn their way onto first or earn their way onto second or somehow add third with less than whatever the case may be, but have earned their way on base. And now you are becoming uh, you're, you're a chess piece that's on the base pass. And if I'm leading off first, and if I'm a threat to steal, or if I'm doing a dance, you know, on the corner of your ride, I'm I'm bouncing off first, and I'm moving back, and I've got a secondary lead. You you can only, I mean, that, it's the cat and mouse game of baseball. Meaning this: if if a pitcher steps off or attempts a pickoff a third time, it's treated as a buck. Unless you throw over it and you get him out, it's an out. I despise. That and again, maybe it's the old wills wills in me that that they threw over fourteen times to try to pick him off. Every tag applied was just hammered onto his wrist and would steal on the fifteenth. You know that cat and mouse game, Seth. Uh, that now you are trying to put a rule around in the effort to save time, and it's the one sport that doesn't have a clock in it. I'm having trouble getting past that, Seth. And I understand that too. And in a lot of ways, I like that comment in theory. But like I mentioned earlier, I mean, baseball is not gaining fans when you consider the TV deals that uh, include places where you just can't even get your local team. Um, You've got games that are so long and nothing really happening. I understand the need to try some things. So, um, yeah, I don't don't necessarily like it. But you know what? Baseball isn't going to lose people like us. (laughs) You know, you and I are going to watch baseball regardless. They've got to find a way to grow the sport, especially in the youth of America. And um, uh, you know, I I, I I applaud trying. Yeah, I don't know how many I'm gonna necessarily like when I see them fully implemented. Well, I I just think that they're trying to create rule, you know, change all these rules. It's almost like when I get mad at Congress, right? You're you're putting in more regulations and <laughs> the, the, the unintended consequences of some of the stuff that they're doing. Is it going to make it better? You hit the nail on the head, Seth. I mean, this is pretty simple. You got to get the games out there as much as you can. No more blackouts. Let the streaming go on for radio. You know, let all these kids are addicted to their phone. If you're not going to let them watch or listen to these games on your phone, you're going to be out of sight, out of mind. And that's what baseball can't the product figure out. has to be in front of those people. At 100%. And they do. I've never seen an outfit 
I never seen an outfit do as much as they can to not get their product out to the consumers. Oh, <laughs> as, as, you know, it's just it's unbelievable to me. And I ask myself almost rhetorically: Is what's wrong with baseball? And I'm using "wrong" with quotation marks. Is what's wrong with baseball uh, really wrong with baseball, Seth? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the game. It's not the game. I mean, I think we all, at least our, you know, those of us talking here and those listening probably enjoy the game of baseball. At the end of the day, it's, you know, 27 outs who can score the most runs. Games are going to go through, you know, changes. Um, you know, maybe batting average will become important again when pitchers go more than twice through the lineup or you don't have three different guys coming in throwing 98-mile-an-hour fastballs with <laughs> – great spin. I mean, things are going to change and all that kind of stuff. So ultimately the game is the game. It's how do you just, like you said, quit, quit stepping on your own toes for those like uh, Cedar Rapids is a twins minor league affiliate in high a uh, in Eastern Iowa. And they are blacked out from the twins, the white Sox, the Cubs, the Brewers and the Royals. They can't watch any of them. Unbelievable. And what good is that for baseball in that area? Yeah. I mean, that that that, that says it. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just laughed at Belly Sports I, saying they're going bankrupt. Really? Well, your business model is crap. That's why. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just try to go sell advertising and try to get it as many eyes on your advertisers as you can. That's how it works. It's, just, it's unbelievable to me. And uh, the Twins have to be furious because they were, you know, kind of grandfathered into that deal right um they want people watching their team <laughs> yeah but i think the twins also what they should be learning from this and they should have learned this a long time ago is it, within their contract with their tv broadcaster they got to work on hey you can't have the per subscriber rate over this right i mean yeah. i i think that's what if, if anything dave st peter and these guys can learn from that is the next deal they do they got to get that done because it's it's just not good uh, Absolutely. message coming in and will remain uh, nameless for some of those uh, coming in. You can text in at 35270. Um, uh, referring to maybe Joey Gallo uh, says, uh, it, it drives me crazy that Major League Baseball is changing the rules to appease a guy like that. I think we're starting That's to fair. Right? <laughs> a single biggest factor to speed up games are to incentivize more contact and fewer strikeouts. Another reason that you know, I hate changing the rules for Joey Gallo. More strikeouts mean deeper counts, which means longer, boring games. So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I just think the strike zones need to be bigger, so they don't take the bat well, off their shoulder. And that's one thing that they they're not—they're not, not going to go to in, in Major League Baseball. Now, Seth, they're still doing the robot umpires, I believe, at, at some minor league and/or independent parks. Correct, I think. Yeah, in fact, this coming year, it's it's going to all AAA sites as well. It's it's coming to the big leagues. It's just a matter of time and um, and how they're going to do it. I like the the um, review. Uh, what do you call it, the review system where you get three, essentially like the red flags in the NFL, you get three of those in a game, and if, if you're wrong, you lose one. I, I, I'm good with that because it can, it can happen within seconds. I liked when Earl Weaver shoved dirt on an umpire at home and Lou Pinello went <laughs> nose to nose. <laughs> you know, I, I like yeah. that too. Well, we got Gardy doing that a few yeah, times Gardy. for a long time. And you know what, though? Rocco doesn't get thrown out a ton. But when he does, he's got some great ejection faces and 
uh, really gets into it a bit. Yeah, he melted down last year a couple times. So, yeah, was a couple Don't you think times. replay yeah. is just taking that, that part of baseball? <laughs> just taking that Absolutely. part of baseball the equation. You know, and there's two sides <laughs> to that. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it was fun to watch Gardy go crazy and <laughs> right. back up his player, even though his player was completely wrong, you know, in many right, cases. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like if you've got the technology to get the call right, isn't that kind of also important? I, so I, I, I'm with Seth on this. I, I'm, you know, they can sit there and make a scene and put on a show, but you know, I'd rather that they get it right. Yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm all for the replay. I Just guess. I want I want the review to be no more than 90 seconds, then it's inconclusive. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they have clear rules that. That Gary Sanchez blocking the plate last night right. cost them a win, which yeah. maybe didn't matter ultimately. But I mean, to to have it where it's a coin flip of what they're going to decide isn't good either. No. Yeah, Seth. Uh, what? Uh, here we are, February, whatever it is, six seventh. What is it today? Six, 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 seven, seven, seven. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I'm so far. <laughs> January hits, and it's like, what is it? March. What is it? So, what's your next uh, couple of weeks entail, Seth? What are you working on? Yeah, we're uh, currently at Twins Daily running our top, uh, actually top 30. We're into the top 10 prospects, which is obviously something I really enjoy. Uh, we've got a lot of like series. We've got some things for Black History Month, a few articles coming in. Recently, we had a Dave Goltz article uh, for those in the West Central Minnesota. Nice. Enjoy that. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, we're trying to, we've got about 30-some writers, and we're trying to encourage them all to be creative and to think differently and, and uh, you know, try to bring a bunch of unique fan perspectives uh, into the, the I guess, the uh, – minds of our readers because uh you know we're all fans we all think a little differently and it's okay to not agree with every article we've got and and make you think about you know what you really think so we're trying to be creative we're trying not to tell you know what people have to write about you know and, and let them kind of be creative yeah and and wouldn't let seth leave without a word on mike radcliffe uh who we lost and uh what a oh, what man. an integral park a, a part of uh of twins baseball huh, huh seth you know, I, I wrote an article on Saturday kind of talking about my personal experiences with him, whether it's, uh, you know, when I was just starting in blogging and was a nobody, um, to meeting him at Twins Fest and kind of asking questions there to his brutal honesty sometimes and, you know, hanging out down in Fort Myers watching three ball games together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but I've also talked to a lot of players, and I wrote that article, I think, on Tuesday um, you know, getting opinions from like Brian Dozier and some guys that he drafted. And the third part I'm going to do on that is actually talking to a lot of the scouts. And he was with the Twins since 1987. There's a few others that have been around that long and, and the respect and the things that they learned from him. I mean, he's been a huge part of more than half of the run of, of Twins baseball in Minnesota. And uh, boy, uh, yeah. certainly deserves all the credit he's gotten. And he started out just as a as like a regional or or area scout, right? Area scout. Yeah. 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 Yeah, in fact, he worked for MLB's uh what do they call it? The the draft review board or whatever initially out of school and then he uh became the Twins uh, area scout in the Kansas City area, then he became the Twins Midwest supervisor. And then he became the uh, scouting director, and he had that role. So he was in charge of the draft from, like, 93 to wow. 2007 or something. Then he became vice president of player personnel and and has been more, you know, recruiting, not only uh, scouting uh, in U.S. and amateur, but in the pro side, in the international side. Um, boy, they, 
they're looking everywhere. They're going to find players if if they're good enough. Yeah, lost him to uh, pancreatic uh, cancer, I believe, is what uh, yeah. what they yeah. lost him up. Yeah, sad for the uh, the Minnesota Twins. I imagine they'll be doing you know something on on, on Mike this summer, if I'm not you know, mistaken. So a lot of lot of things there, a lot of information. Uh, you can go to Twins Daily. Uh, dot com and find out more with Seth Stoves. Seth, oh yeah, you know you can fill up a Tuesday Twins talk, man. That's that's a, we we just touch the surface, but we hit a lot of areas there. And hopefully, we got a chance to do it as we move forward and go back and enjoy your turkey roll or whatever it is that you're having. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go do that. I always apologize though, because you know you guys. Of course, all you have to do is prepare about three questions, right? And we can get through about twenty <laughs> minutes because I love talking Twins and. Hopefully people enjoy it, too. That's our well, great. Thank you guys. Hey, thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's running the money. But, Brad, you know, and Derek, uh, for those of us in this business, how many times you sit down with a coach that uh, does, yep, and they're like, ooh, okay, I guess I'll go to my other six questions. Yep. Yep. And then how many coaches you go? So, your thoughts on your club this year? And, Mike down, there's my response, and it's all good. Seth is full of information. Right? Yes, very good information. I always yes. uh, appreciate his insight. Yeah, very good. Level-headed take. I, I didn't expect you to name names. What, D? <laughs> For sure. And he's a lot of fun, too. And, uh, the only thing I had when I was in Fort Myers, they, people were getting us confused. That was the only thing. <laughs> Big, bald guys. You have the same haircut. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We'll take a quick time out. We're back with more. Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, Anytime you say those two schools, that's not a bad thing to go. Uh, Central Cast ranked two in the uh, number two the yes. state of North Dakota. We have four unbeaten's on the uh, Class B boys side, and they all now one, two, three, four. Is there four a chance win. that the home team can win tonight? Oh, I wouldn't rule that out. Central Cast has had their share of close calls here the last two, three weeks. Oh, I uh, you know when we were talking about LeBron James, and it got and then we got in the baseball talk. I I finished watching a certain Netflix documentary and i've looked at the four championships of lebron which will always be you know unless he wins a couple here which it doesn't look like it's gonna happen anytime soon will be two less than jordan but is there a man that we don't talk about enough as being the goat of pitchers only because we didn't see him on the world series stage other than once when i don't think any of us were born or maybe you were the goat of pitchers yeah Nolan Ryan. Yes. And when you throw out the numbers and the longevity and what he did all the way until he was in his mid-40s, right? and you watch that documentary, you're like, why do we not talk about him more? And I think it's because he only won one World Series, and he was just a pup. I mean, that was like his first 69. 69, he came out of the bullpen, right? Right. He's a bullpen pitcher then. But I don't think he was on the World Series stage since then, correct? With the Angels and the oh, no, and Astros? Never, never did no. with the Angels. No. Uh, got to the playoffs with the Astros. And the Rangers, certainly not. Nope. Threw a no-hitter at what age? 40? 45 or so, so was 91, it? I think. So, yeah, like 44, 45. I mean, but what he did for that long time, I mean, I think you could argue that, but unlike Sandy Koufax and some of the others, he didn't win the championship, so we won't. And so the championships can really – Make a difference on who the goat is or not. But I mean, long, I think we, longevity and all those strikeouts have got to be. Yeah, be never put him up in the top. I mean, he's list. got his place. I mean, right. like Randy Johnson said, I'm number two, and I'm like a thousand some behind right. him. Right. I like our texture came in and then said something about uh, three point field goals made. We so we're talking about LeBron off right. the air, yes, and uh, I was talking about uh, you know think about how many three pointers that LeBron has hit, and Kareem hit one in his career, and I think what you have twenty two hundred for LeBron, yeah, twenty two thirty three. Uh, Kareem attempted 18. 
Made one. <laughs> he made one. He was one point So there's 6,700, what, 6,700 yeah. points. That's 20, crazy. Yeah, so think about that. Fair to remember. 22. Unreal. 22, 33 times three. A lot of sky hooks yeah. in that. <laughs> think Mostly Kareem, sky hooks. Yeah. Kareem was thrown up a 24-foot sky hook from the wing <laughs> extended. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. The um, Taught Magic how to do it. Yeah. You know, Kareem probably didn't get a lot of, I mean, he shot 9,300 free throws. And LeBron has shot almost 11,000 free throws. There's about 1,300 points differentiated between made free throws of those two as well. Unreal. That's a good point. Um, That's yeah. what LeBron said. He doesn't want to break the record at the line, though. I mean, I want some type of nice He wants some big throwdown. Shot, yeah, or whatever it might be. But yeah. Kareem also played his, uh, but let's see, it's actually more LeBron. LeBron's played fewer games. 14.09 and Kareem at 15.60. Uh, game display. Good stuff today. Thank you, says Toes. Uh, talking to the Twins. Brad, uh, pregame tonight at 7.15. Yes. Tip off around 7.30. About 7.30. Yep. Squirrels and Vikings uh, should be a fun one. Fantastic. I will uh, see you in the thin air of Denver coming up, flying to uh, the Mile High City tomorrow. All right. Very good. Good stuff. Uh, stick around. Common Man is next on 7.40. The Fan. <laughs>